Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer here with you on this uh, beautiful day here. Nice summer day. Hopefully it's a nice summer day where you are uh, here in Colorado and up and down the Front Range. Incredible uh, day, first day of summer tomorrow. If uh, if I've got my calendar correct, we've got the solstice coming up. But it feels uh, like summer today here in Colorado. And uh, welcome to all our Grace FM listeners, Colorado, Wyoming, our Truth FM listeners in the South, Kentucky, North Carolina, Tennessee. Welcome to you. And then, of course, in the Northeast, Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, listening on Hope FM. Appreciate all of you as well. One number to call if you want to join me on the air, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Jot that down, put it in your phone, dial us uh, when you have a moment, when you have a question, when you need prayer. You can also text us at 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897 is the text line. Do me a favor uh, when you do text and just give me a short one-sentence text that I can get the gist of pretty quickly, uh, whether it's a prayer request or a question. And uh, as we have time, we'll answer those uh, as well. Again, I'm Jason Vanderveer. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. If you're going to be in the Parker, Colorado area, love to have you join us. Next opportunity to do that will be Sunday uh, at 9 or 1045 for our Sunday morning services. You can come worship with us. Studying in the book of Psalms right now will be in the third Psalm uh, this Sunday. And so you can come on out and join us. Children's ministry, uh, nursery, junior high ministry, all available uh, on Sunday mornings. Then we have our full youth ministry available on Wednesday nights for our midweek service uh, at 7 p.m. We're continuing the book of Second Kings on Wednesday nights. So several times that you can join us uh, on Sunday mornings uh, or throughout the week. We've got things going on on uh, other days as well, other groups gathering. You get more information about us at Calvary Chapel Parker dot com calvarychapelparker.com and also a lot of free resources there for you to utilize sometimes i'll uh direct callers uh, to some of those resources uh during our conversations on the air but we have our full uh teaching actually our second series now through the entire bible uh, available for you to stream or download to watch or to listen to uh, online on our website calvarychapelparker.com no registration no cost anything like that you can just go to the website uh, utilize the uh, old testament or new testament pull down menus pick the book uh, chapter and verse that you want to study and listen to that message or or watch those messages including all of our uh, current messages are up uh shortly after uh, they're uh, recorded at live at Calvary Chapel Parker on Sundays and Wednesdays. So encourage you to go there and take advantage of those resources as well. Uh, we have our In the Word Daily Devotional available uh, through our website. Uh, you can download that as well on whatever platform you prefer, uh, iPad, uh, Kindle, whatever it may be. Just go to Calvary Chapel Parker dot com calvarychapelparker.com you can find those resources uh if you 
didn't uh, join us last night, which is probably 99% of the audience, but there are probably a few of you listening that were there uh, last night. Uh, you missed our message, uh, Unrivaled Faith, in Second Kings chapter 18. And uh, we were looking at the ministry and the reign of King Hezekiah. One of the two best uh, kings, King David um, aside, if, if you look at the later kings of Judah, uh, easily the two greatest of those kings were Hezekiah and Josiah. And they were both unrivaled in, in certain ways. Uh, Josiah for his reforms, Hezekiah for his faith and his trust in God. They weren't perfect individuals by any stretch, uh, but they, uh, Hezekiah did have a, an unrivaled faith. We talked last night about uh, how to have that unrivaled faith, the difference between being good and great, especially in terms of faith and our relationship with the Lord. So if you missed that or you're interested in that, you can go to CalvaryChapelParker.com, watch it, download it, stream it, listen to it, whatever the case may be. And then last Sunday we were in the second psalm. If you're interested in end times, it's a message entitled Kiss the Sun, uh, which uh, was uh, that second psalm is all about the return of Jesus Christ to earth, uh, the victory at Armageddon, and his millennial reign. So you'll want to uh, go check that out if you're interested in end times. We talk all about the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Hey, we've got uh, all our lines open. Now's a great time to call if you want to join me. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. 41-4-ALL. Uh, That's our one number for all uh, to call. 303-690-3000. That'll get you through. Now's a good time to give us a call if you're thinking about calling. Sometimes the calls tend to later on in the program uh, particularly toward the the bottom of the hour, uh, sometimes back up a little bit, and there's a little bit of a wait. So if you like to wait, um, you know, go ahead and wait. But if you don't like to wait, uh, maybe pick up the phone now and join me on the air three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or if you prefer to text, as I said, seven two zero three three six zero eight. Nine seven is the number if you want to text. But I'd love to hear your voice, actually talk to you, get a little bit of uh, background information as to your question uh, or your prayer request, and uh, and and usually a little bit easier that way to uh, answer the questions uh, that we have and and, and pray uh, a little bit more specifically. But uh, whatever uh, whatever is your preference, you've got uh, two ways that you can. Interact with with this program. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is our line to call. Seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Jason Vandiver here, and as I mentioned, I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, and uh, we're located uh, in the heart of Parker. So if you're in the surrounding areas, I just want to invite you personally come on out and join us uh, this uh, Sunday. So we've got. Uh, uh, just a couple more days left in this week, and then Sunday we'll be coming around here again. Excited about that, and I uh, would love to have you come on out to Calvary Chapel Parker. You can get directions, service times at calvarychapelparker.com. That's calvarychapelparker.com. Hey, I was mentioning there uh, our message from this last Sunday in the second psalm. And uh, it's a fascinating section of Scripture. Uh, if you haven't studied the second psalm before, uh, a lot of people don't realize how much prophecy is actually in the book of Psalms, and, and uh, Psalm 2 is no exception. Uh, in it, uh, we see the Lord's victory, as I mentioned, at the Battle of Armageddon. In it, we uh, gain insight as to the reign of Jesus Christ. It says that he'll reign with a rod of iron. There's going to be an imposed uh, peace uh, and righteousness, a far cry from today, 
on the earth during the millennial reign of Christ. And uh, it's going to be an amazing time. As we look at it, I read an article today about uh, a lawsuit trying to uh, remove a, a, a cross uh, that is uh, now on public property due to a highway that was built uh, nearby it. It was deeded to the government as a result. But it was a, a cross uh, memorializing 49 veterans of World War One. And some people that were not Christians claimed to be offended by that. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court maintained that that cross did not need to be removed. But I started thinking about that, and I thought, you know, uh, in the millennium, it's not going to be like that. There aren't going to be people that are going to be offended by Jesus Christ. He's going to be ruling and reigning on earth. And if they have an issue with that, uh, which most people will not, but there will be some that that will have issues, uh, it says that he reigns with a rod of iron. And so uh, we're looking forward to that time uh, just when when there is peace and there is righteousness, when this world is turned right side up. Hey, we have a question here uh, that has come through, and it says, uh, do we have any advice for folks maintaining uh, or starting things uh, that are good for their spiritual routine, especially in the summer where vacations and kids are out of school. Um, and so, yeah, I, a spiritual routine is uh, is important. Sometimes I don't like the word routine, but it, but it's uh, it serves a purpose in helping us understand at least. Um, I think Pastor Ed mentioned actually in his his uh, uh, devotion that came on right before this program. Sometimes routines can be a problem because we we slip into routines and we lose sight of what we're really doing. But but there is a side of routines that can be good. Um, and summer is a good time to get into good uh, spiritual habits. Well, first of all, let's talk about the basic habits that that we all should have as individuals, and then we can talk broader uh, about habits uh, and routines that we can have as a family. But uh, but as individuals, uh, you know there are some basic things that should be a part of your life. The first is uh, is prayer and uh, daily just taking that time to be with the Lord. If you're married, uh, also taking that time you know, as a couple to go before the Lord and pray. And then reading the Bible, both as an individual and then if you're married with, with your spouse, just daily going through the Bible. Maybe it's a, a, a chapter in the Bible a day. Maybe you would like to read through the Bible every year and you want to utilize one of the many great one-year through the Bible reading plans that are out there often in the back of your Bible. Uh, but you want to be studying the scripture uh, every day. And then uh, you want to be in fellowship. Now, you're not necessarily going to be in fellowship every day in church, but there's a lot of opportunities, especially in the summertime in your church, uh, to be involved in in additional things. Uh, So you're going to want to be in fellowship where you're learning the Word of God, where you're worshiping together, where you're praying together, and also where you have an opportunity uh, then to serve God the Lord and and to use the gifts that God has given you in ministry and summertime is a great time to develop these things my uh, my oldest ha- has a goal this summer he wants to run and read every day um, now he already reads the Bible every day but to uh, read he, he reads about a book a week and uh, so he wants to run and read every day and he set about developing that routine but we can also set about identifying maybe just a couple of simple things in terms of spiritual routines uh, maybe during the summer is a good time to do that and and to stick to them and the areas that I've just outlined would be really good, a really great opportunity to get more involved uh, in your fellowship and and in serving the Lord. So, yeah, great question there. And looks like, uh, well, let me give the number one more time in case you're thinking about calling, 303-690-3000. And le- then let's go to Joshua in Denver. Joshua, welcome to the program. Hello, 
Hey, how you doing, Pastor? Good, how are you? I'm wonderful. Hey, been reading Revelations. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's been awesome. Stirring up the faith. But uh just wanted to uh, get... Uh... I'm losing you, Joshua. Can you hear me? Joshua. Hello. Looks like we lost Joshua. Three zero three six nine zero. I'm here. Oh, he's I'm back, here. resurrected. <laughs> Joshua, yes. what, what's Jeez, on? I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I apologize. Oh, don't worry I, about it. What's what's hey, on your mind? I've been talking. I've been uh, studying Revelation. Just wanted to get a, a clear stance on. Uh, I believe it seems like. From listening to your guys' station, you guys more stand on a premillennial position. Is that correct? Yeah. For, so, go ahead. So, for the millennium, I, or, are are you asking about the millennium or the rapture? Uh, well, clear, clear, clarification of both. Okay. Um, and then scriptures just to back it up, please. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's talk about end times a little bit. Obviously. We can't talk about everything, but we can talk about a couple of big subjects, which I just mentioned there. The first is the rapture of the church, and then the second is the millennial reign of Christ. Um, uh, Joshua mentioned, uh, you mentioned one of the terms in relationship to the millennium, that's pre-millennial. There's pre-post and amillennial in terms of views of the millennium. Uh, In terms of the rapture, there's uh, pre-mid uh, and post-tribulational rapture. Now, those are the futurist views, um, but but if we wanted to broaden this even further, we, we could get into preterist views, or at least partial preterist views. Full-on preterist views are, are heretical. They're, they're not scriptural, but, but you, you know, there are some that hold like a partial preterist view. There's also historist view, which views, you know, everything in, in as uh, being fulfilled historically. Uh, there are those that see it in terms of allegory and so forth. But in terms of the futuristic views, uh, first of all, the rapture of the church, we would be pre-tribulational. That is, we believe that the rapture of the church, and I'll talk about what that is, is going to, there's going to be a little rapture of the church, and it's going to take place just prior to the great tribulation period, which is a seven-year period that we see in the book of Revelation. Now, when we look at the rapture of the church, uh, we see in Revelations one, uh, Revelation 1, 2, and 3, uh, we see the whole church age, interestingly, if you look at that, it's, it's the letters to the seven churches, but it actually encompasses the different periods of church history. Then when we get to chapter 4, uh, we no longer see the church on earth after Revelation chapter 4, but we actually do uh, see the, the church uh, in heaven, uh, and it's symbolic, the rapture of the church symbolic uh, in, in uh, Revelation chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. It's symbolic in John being caught up uh, into heaven. And we see the redeemed actually casting their crowns uh, before the Lord, saying, singing their song, saying, You have redeemed us from every tribe, tongue, uh, and nation. You're worthy to take the scroll uh, in Revelation 5, verse 9. You, you've redeemed us. So the 24 elders that we see there uh, are representative of believers, Old and, and New Testament uh, believers. And we see them 
casting their crowns. Of course, we know about the different crowns in the New Testament that are going to be uh, uh, awarded or as given as rewards to believers for uh, different areas of faithfulness. And they're casting their crowns at the feet of the Lord and, and singing the song and saying, you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. So we see the church. We don't see the church on earth uh, after Revelation chapter 3, but we constantly see the church in heaven. Now, we see believers on earth during the Great Tribulation, but those are people that come to Christ uh, during the Great Tribulation period, both Jews and Gentiles. So so that's our position. Uh, if you look back at, um, you get into First and Second Thessalonians as well, uh, you see uh, the rapture of the church in First Thessalonians chapter 4. Then you see in chapter 5 that God has not appointed us under wrath. Then when you get into Second Thessalonians, he talks about the timing uh, of the Lord coming for his church because there were people going around saying, no, nope, you've actually missed the rapture. He says, no, you haven't missed the rapture. There's no Antichrist around, and he begins talking about those things. So, so we would argue that the church uh, or that the word of God uh, lays out a very clear pre-tribulational rapture of the church. Um, what I would say about that is, though, um, that good people can disagree about this, that I, that there are other uh, Bible teachers and believers who would hold a different position. And and while I, I say this is a very important issue and we strive to to have the best understanding of these things because they affect the way that we live, uh, we do not want to be divisive over them. Now, another important subject is when uh, Jesus Christ will return to earth and whether or not he will literally re reign on earth. That is known as the millennium. And, and I mentioned that there are different views in regard to the millennial reign uh, of Christ. And uh, the millennial reign of Christ, we, we hold a premillennial view. That is that Jesus Christ will physically return to earth prior to a literal thousand-year reign uh, on earth. And the scripture is replete with, with examples uh, dealing with the millennial reign of Christ. I mentioned in, in Psalm chapter 2, which I covered last week at Calvary Chapel, Parker deals uh, extensively with the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And we see in Matthew chapter 25, uh, when the Son of Man comes, uh, that he is going to come and he is going to judge uh, and all his holy angels are with him, Matthew 25, verse 31, and he'll sit on the throne of his glory. So clearly that places uh, his reign right after his return to earth, and he will literally sit on a throne, and he will rule uh, and reign. And we see this throughout both the major and minor prophets as well uh, as in Revelation chapter uh, 20. We see the Battle of Armageddon in Rev at, at the end of Revelation 19. Uh, then we see the uh, millennial reign briefly in Revelation chapter 20. And then we have the great white throne judgment at the end of Revelation chapter 20. Uh, there are other views. There's a, a, a post-millennial view that Jesus Christ is, you know, that the post-millennial view kind of goes something like this, that that the church is going to usher in the return of Jesus Christ at the close uh, uh, of the millennium and that in a sense he's already reigning and then there's the amillennial view, which is there's no literal millennium. And so there's a lot of different views that you'll find on these on these things. But uh, I believe what I've outlined briefly for you here is uh, is what I believe to be the correct understanding uh, of of uh, 
of the rapture uh, and uh, of uh, the millennial reign of Christ. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, that was really, really good. I know we can talk hours about this because it's so sure. rich. It's a good awesome. subject, though. Um, but yeah, it's cool. No, I, it's, it just makes sense when you read the scriptures and you just take it as is. It just it seems to come to that conclusion. So yeah. And then, okay, so in Revelation 12, or mm-hmm. maybe it's Revelation 14, where uh, the Lamb is with the, again, it mentions the 144,000, the, right. the Jewish. Right. And then, then, it, then there's preaching, again, that's sent from the angels. I think it's three angels on the earth mm-hmm. that are sent to preach the gospel because the church is no longer there, but people right. still get saved during the tribulation time. Right. Correct? Like yep. we are establishing, and that's just, that just makes sense because Revelation 14, is it, I believe, says that? Yeah, you see the 144,000 on a couple of occasions, and uh, right. they're kind of these super Jews, uh, these super right. Jewish witnesses from the 12 tribes that the Lord sets apart for a special purpose. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's there's people getting saved. There's both Jews and Gentiles getting saved during the Great Tribulation period. The the holy uh, the the restrainer paul says in second thessalonians is is taken out of the way and we believe that that is the holy spirit uh, working through the church but the holy spirit is not removed um the right, holy spirit right. doesn't ever really go away he he can't and so right. um nor w- would he want to and so the holy spirit is still working drawing people to christ during the great uh, tribulation period and and there are witnesses, both human and angelic, preaching uh, during the Great Tribulation period, but primarily right. human. Yeah. Okay. Cool. No, yeah. that's that's awesome. Yeah, I love it's, it. It's an exciting time. I'd encourage you if you want to, uh, you can go. We uh, we finished up our second series through Revelation um, a couple of years ago or so, so it's all pretty recent stuff. You can go to. Um, CalvaryChapelParker.com if you want to watch or listen to some of those messages. We have in-depth, verse-by-verse through the book of Revelation. Just pick Series 2. That's the most current one. Okay, cool. No, I appreciate it, Pastor. Thank you so much. You you betcha. God bless you. Great question, Joshua. Have have a good afternoon. Yep. 303-690-3000. Let's go to – looks like Ryan's up in Denver. Ryan, welcome to the program. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? Pretty well. Good. What's on your mind? Hey, so I just was wondering, um, so just with along with what you guys are just talking about with mm-hmm. um, different elements, the different primary elements within eschatology as far as, you know, pre-tribulational or tribulation and the millennium and everything, um, right. and the rapture, uh, yeah. how do you reconcile calling um, the rapture as something prior to the tribulation when it's described as Jesus Christ coming back for his church mm-hmm. uh, with then having a different second coming of Jesus Christ at the end of the tribulation yeah they're very to the millennium right they're very distinct so so when we see Jesus Christ coming for his church he doesn't return to earth the scripture says in first Thessalonians that we meet him in the air so he actually doesn't return to earth in that sense you could say, and I don't really have a problem how people couch this as long as, you know, as long as they understand it, uh, you know, in, in, in a scriptural way. Some people say, well, you know, Jesus Christ is going to come for uh, his church and then he's going to come at the end uh, of the tribulation period. Some people say, you know, 
uh, his, his, his coming has two parts, however you want to describe it, as long as you understand that they're distinct from one another, that he returns, as Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, and we meet him in the air uh, prior to the Great Tribulation period. But then, as was prophesied at the close of the Great Tribulation period, he sets foot on the earth and the Mount of Olives splits from two in two, uh, and he judges and he rules and reigns and he sits on the throne of David. That's something far different. And, and the scripture is very specific, depending on what passage you're looking at, as far as what aspect of, uh, of his return. In fact, what's very interesting is, is that in the passages where Jesus deals uh, with his return, uh, and I really like Matthew chapter 25, uh, there where, where the Lord is dealing with that subject, um, actually, uh, uh, when he's dealing with it, he goes... He, he, he moves from one subject to another. Sometimes he's talking about the rapture of the church, and, and, he ta- and we talk about things in terms of a, a, a thief in the night. But uh, his return at the close of a seven-year period is, is not going to be an unknown. Right, because because if you can mark and very clearly in the book of of Revelation, um, it's it's numbered in in uh, months. Sometimes in the scriptures, it's numbered in days, and sometimes it's numbered in years. So when you see the abomination that makes desolate uh, at three and a half years into the great tribulation period, you know that you have three and a half years until Jesus Christ returns to earth. So so some things are very much a known quantity uh, when Jesus is talking about them, and some things are very much unknown as a thief coming in the night, and he. He he moves with with ease between those subjects. So so we see that they're they're distinct from one another. But it's important to know what aspect of his return is being dealt with in a given passage. All right. So if you don't mind, I'm currently driving. But oh no problem. First Thessalonians five, when it starts talking about uh, that, we'll be caught up away into the clouds with him. Um, how does it describe him returning initially, leading into that passage? Um. So you're talking about First Thessalonians four, I'm I'm guessing. Is that is that what you're I may be getting my reference wrong. Yeah. No problem. I just want I, I I wasn't trying to correct you. I just wanted to make sure that, that I'm on the same page as you. So you're talking about First Thessalonians, you're talking about the rapture then in First Thessalonians uh, beginning in verse thirteen, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he he says, I don't want you to be ignorant uh, concerning those who uh-huh. have fallen asleep. That is that the passage you're thinking of? Yeah, so he says, if we believe that Jesus uh, died, and I'll just read it to you, verse 14. uh, If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. In other words, those who are dead. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Speaking, of course, of the resurrection, because as Paul points out in Second Corinthians, their spirit and soul is already with the Lord. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So that's where we get the, the, the rapture. That's the classic rapture passage. And that's ultimately where the, the term rapture comes from. That the, the Greek word is harpazo. We translate it caught up in Latin, it's rapturos. Okay. If you don't mind, in Second Thessalonians, uh-huh. in, the, uh, first pa- in the first chapter, I believe, uh, right. it describes Jesus Christ coming back uh, with uh, fire and judgment. Would you mind describing or reading that passage as well for me? Um, so you're talking about uh, his judgment in, in chapter 2? 
Is that what you're talking about? Second Thessalonians yes. or Second Thessalonians that, cha- chapter one, verse five, where he talks about, uh, yeah, it's hard to say which, which you're talking about, but where he's talking about, uh, um, his judge, it's basically the judgment, uh, Christ coming he says, which is, uh, beginning in verse five, uh, manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Is that the passage or are you referring in, in, in chapter two? So, yeah. yeah. What, what is it that you have a question about that in the, in regard to that passage? Well, the correlation between first Thessalonians four, where he says as the, the coming of the Lord and then in second Thessalonians, where I believe he says the exact same phrase. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, in chapter 2, he gets into it a little bit more. Do me a favor. Hang on just a second, Ryan. Um, we've got a break here, uh, but I can check a couple of things out during the break, see if I can find more specifically what you're looking for. Listen to Calvary Live. Jason Vandiver with you. We'll be right back. 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back to Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer here with you, 303-690-3000. If you want to join me on the air, we were talking to Ryan about the rapture of the church uh, both in First and Second Thessalonians before the break, Ryan. I think I think the passage it was it was kind of the passage I was thinking of, but I had to just get over to it. Um, I think the the really the seminal passage that that you may or may not be referring to is in Second Thessalonians chapter two. Um, in chapter one, he 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 deals with the rapture. Um, you know, first of all, Paul wrote First Thessalonians to offer comfort concerning the rapture, but he writes Second Thessalonians to offer. Uh, I believe, comfort concerning the timing of the rapture. And as I mentioned, I believe that's prior to the Great Tribulation. Um, chapter 1 deals with it a little bit, uh, with their suffering, and and kind of focuses in on the second coming of Christ after the Tribulation. But chapter 2 focuses in on the timing uh, of the rapture, I believe, at the beginning of the Tribulation. And uh, so he says in 2 verse 1, he says, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. So as I said there, mentioned earlier, there was maybe some letters circulating. Hey, you know, you missed, <laughs> you missed the, the rapture, or not so much that you missed the rapture, but that you're in the day uh, of the Lord. Now, that phrase, the day of the Lord, is important to understand because the day of the Lord um, is inaugurated by the rapture of the church, but but the day of the Lord actually is a thousand and seven years because it, it, it encompasses the judgment of the great tribulation. Uh, then it also encompasses uh, uh, the judgment after the great tribulation um, when Jesus Christ returns. Of course, also the the great white throne judgment after the millennial reign of Christ. So depending on where you're looking in Scripture, um, that day has different uh, uh, interest, has different aspects that are being looked at it. Now, what's fascinating is, is that Paul in Second Thessalonians gives it a different nuance. He says, uh, he says the day of Christ, 
which is which is really interesting because the day of Christ and the day of the Lord are are the same thing. However, the day of Christ uh, is usually a reference to positive aspects of that time for believers. I'd send you to first uh, or uh, Philippians chapter one verse six as another example. And uh, but also know that some of the manuscripts actually here read day of the Lord as well. So so you know it's difficult to say. Uh, uh, which is the the correct original uh, uh, rendering of that, but both mean basically the same thing. But the important aspect of this passage is, is he says, look, don't be deceived. That day is not going to come. In other words, you're you're not going to be in the day of the Lord unless something happens first, and that's that the man of sin, the son of perdition, obviously speaking of the Antichrist, uh, unless he's revealed, and unless there's an apostasia and a great a, a great falling away. And so those people could say, "Hey, these haven't happened. We don't. We're not. We don't see the Antichrist." And while people fall away, and there is always a falling away, there hasn't been this great falling away. Therefore, we know that we're not in the day of the Lord in the great tribulation period, and we haven't missed the rapture of the church. So, so by this argument, we would say that that, uh, and and that's what I mentioned uh, earlier, um, was that by this. By this reckoning, uh, we understand just another, another, um, you know, indicator and clue that the rapture of the church is taking place prior to the Great Tribulation period. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is that the passage you were thinking of? I don't want to. I'm guessing it was, but. Uh, yeah, I think both uh, first uh, chapter one and two kind of hit hit mm-hmm. it as well. Both yep. of them hit it. So yeah, exactly. It's a very important. It, 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 uh, it gets lost a lot of times because so you have the First Thessalonians is famous for the rapture of the church, but if you really want to understand the timing of the rapture of the church, Second Thessalonians becomes vital, uh, I believe, uh, and, and uh, especially as you said, those first two chapters uh, kind of setting that up because you know people were telling them, "Hey, you missed it, man." And and Paul says, no, you didn't. You know these things haven't haven't taken place. Um, so there's some very interesting indicators uh, and signs that that uh, that would reveal uh, that w- one was in the great tribulation period, and those those haven't happened yet. So uh, anyway, listen. I hope that helps you out. It does. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet, my friend. You bet. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Uh, if you want to join me on the program here, Jason Vandeveer with you on Calvary Live. Let's go to Zach in New Jersey. Zach, welcome to the program. Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you? What's on your mind? Um, I have, uh, I, I'm new to being a born-again Christian. I, I just uh, accepted Christ into my life uh, three months ago. Uh-huh. Um, Congratulations. Well, my question is... Um, Thank you. My question is, uh, basically, you know, being a Christian, I, I've noticed that, you know, temptation and stuff like that, it's been easier for me to fight against it. Sure. But um, my question is, basically, what happens if you slip up, you know, because it says in the Bible, you know, you got to turn away from sin. Like, what happens if you continue to slip up, you know, because of your flesh right. causing you to 
You get what I'm saying? Like, does, I, does God just cut the cord eventually? Like, all right, man, it's been 10 times, man. You <laughs> no. know, what are you doing? Yeah, no, you know, there's a couple of passages that I would direct you to. There's there's a lot of places that we can go. Um, but but it's a very good question. And so so we become believers, and our desire is to to live for the Lord. And we have the Holy Spirit now within us and and strengthening us and so we do a lot of times find uh <clears throat> victory over our flesh uh, but from time to time we're going to find that uh, you know that the old man wins gets the best of us uh, paul talked about that in romans chapter 7 he said uh he said the good that i will to do i do not do the evil i will not to do that i practice oh wretched man that I am. And what he was describing was is is, is that when you become a Christian, um, you're born again. You, you, you're familiar with that term that Jesus uh, used with Nicodemus in John chapter 3, talking about being born again. In other words, you 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 have this spiritual rebirth, and and now you you're born of the Spirit, and you there's the you, you but now you have this kind of dual nature. You have this spiritual nature, but also you have this old fleshly nature and now they're at war with one another and and the one that you feed the most that one's going to win but from time to time you're going to slip up you're going to sin and you're going to make uh, mistakes and as you go and as you grow and as you depend on the lord it's going to be less that 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 old man is going to die out and he's going to become weaker and he's going to have less influence over you and you're going to go uh, in that direction uh, ideally less and less. But there's still going to be times when you sin. And so that's what I like about uh, what uh, John says in his first epistle, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. He says, uh, if we say, actually beginning verse 8, he says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. He says, look, if you're not honest with yourself and you don't recognize that that you you still have that old nature and from time to time you're going to sin, then then you're not being honest with yourself. But then he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so that's that's the key, is, is that when we sin, two things. Number one, we don't continue in it. It doesn't become a pattern of our life. We, we don't allow it to, to become a, a habit or a practice or a behavior. Uh, but we we repent of it before the Lord. We go before the Lord. We confess and we ask for forgiveness and we ask for the strength of the Holy Spirit to move forward that we might not do that again in the future. And God is is, is patient and merciful. He receives us back every time. Are you with me? Did I, I mean, like, I've gotten stronger. Like I, I can't even, you know, go into details, but I've gotten very strong with with you know temptation and everything like that to the point where it's just like I know I'm a brand new person when before it's you know it was impossible and almost felt like now it's just like I've gone to the point where you know I don't need it and I can fight these um, urges or whatever you know that yeah. that's happening into my life to the point where even even if I slip up and say a curse word I'm just like oh no my bad yeah. God my fault you know what yep. I mean yep. and like that stuff like that I wouldn't have done in the past but um uh, it's it's just really changed, man. You know, I, I really encourage people. I mean, that's that's you know, it's a real thing. Like you know, yeah. looking at where I was before and now, it's just it's a complete different you know 
person. Wow. And I guess that's the whole born again thing. Well, and that's the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you, you see the Holy Spirit is in you and, and He's transforming you and He's changing you. And and so, you know, it's one thing to say, yeah, I, 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 I'm a Christian. I, I became mm-hmm. a Christian. I gave my life to Christ. But people should be able to see that. You should be able to point to it. And just as you're yeah. doing right now and say, you know, before this was me before, this is me now. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a it's a classic before and after. Before yeah. Christ, before Christ and after Christ. Here here's my spiritual uh renewal and 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 makeover. And so uh yeah, you you ought to be able to point to things and and as you go, you sh- each year you should be uh growing and progressing and and be able to see and and look back on those things and look at the progress and how far the Lord's taken you. And that's an exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so you I'm, so much though. I I really appreciate that. You bet. I mean, I, I you know, I, it, it feels good to talk to you. So thank you so much, and uh, God bless, and I appreciate everything you've been doing on the radio. Well, listen, Zach, uh, we appreciate you. I'm really excited for you, and I just want to encourage you just keep getting into the Word of God and uh, keep uh, just make sure you're in a good church, Bible-teaching church. Make sure that uh, you use the gifts that God has given you as soon as possible. You're, you're never too young of a Christian, too new as a Christian, to start serving the Lord and sharing your faith with your friends and, and just be praying and seeking the Lord. And you're going to continue to grow, and the Lord's going to continue to do amazing things through you. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, my friend. 303-690-3000. Uh, we've got all our lines open. About 18 minutes left in the show here. 303-690-3000. Plenty of time to take a lot more calls. Uh, Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. Again, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the program when the lines were open, good time uh, to give us a ring and join us here on the air, 303-690-3000. Also want to invite you to join us uh, at Calvary Chapel Parker. You can have another opportunity to do so this weekend. Uh, of course, Sunday morning, 9 and 1045. And uh, we'll be continuing in the Psalms. We're in the third Psalm this Sunday. Love to have you come on out and worship with us. Uh, if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, I'd love to meet you and uh, say hello to you. So come on out. Uh, worship with us. You can get directions and information at calvarychapelparker.com. If for some reason the weekend doesn't work for you, you can join us uh, during the week as well, Wednesday evening at 7 p.m., continuing in the book of Second Kings uh, on Wednesday nights. Hey, I got a text question here. It says that uh, uh, this individual was told uh, a well-known Bible teacher or Christian author said that people should pray uh, for more than they need. Uh, did they hear him correctly? Uh, well, I don't know if they uh, heard that individual correctly. I, I hope that they didn't hear uh, him correctly. One of my favorite passages uh, on prayer is in James uh, chapter 4. And in James chapter 4, uh, James uh, says something very interesting uh, about prayer. He says, uh, uh, he says, you lust, and verse 2, James 4, verse 2, you lust and do not have, you murder and covenant and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it uh, on your pleasures. James uh, 4, 2, and 3. Uh, I would say this uh, about uh, prayer. Uh, sometimes the problem in prayer is that I don't ask. And sometimes the problem in prayer is that I ask for the wrong things. 
So the key to prayer is not asking for more than I need. Jesus taught us to pray for uh, our daily bread and also to, in, in his model prayer known as the Lord's Prayer, also to, uh, to pray according to the will of God. So the way to make sure that, that our prayers uh, are answered is, is one, to ask, but to ask uh, according to the will of God and according to the needs uh, that we have. And uh, also to make sure that, that we're not asking and praying uh, selfishly and for our uh, own pleasures. And so, uh, but a, a good, I, I would hope, uh, going back to the text question there, uh, I would hope that, uh, that the context was maybe something different um, because, uh, you know, we're taught to not to pray, uh, you know, just for our wants, but basically uh, for our needs. And, and it's always good to, to make your wants God's wants and God's will. So if you are praying for those things that, you know, your heart desires, that your heart has been molded and, and, uh, and conformed into the image of Christ, uh, and then that's a good way to see all your prayers answered. Um, Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, uh, he'll give it to you. And so, but the key there is asking in his name and according to his will. So good question uh, on prayer 303-690-3000. Jason Vandiver here with you on Calvary Live. Looks like we uh, maybe have another text question. I'll try to get to that there in just a second. But uh, again, all lines open 303-690-3000 and... uh, Another question here, will every Christian be taken in the rapture or just some of them, uh, meaning the best? So we were talking about the rapture earlier, and uh, I think what is being implied here is, is, that, is, is that when Jesus Christ comes, comes for his church, is, is he going to take all believers in Christ or just the, the, uh, just the upper crust? Uh, well, first of all, uh, I don't know how much of an upper crust there really is, uh, but uh, the answer to that is is that uh, all believers, so all who truly profess and place their faith in Jesus Christ when the rapture takes place uh, are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. There's going to be no uh, distinguishing factor you know, well, you know, you're a Baptist, so you get to go, but uh, you're a Presbyterian, so you've got to stay. There's going to be none of those things. You go to Calvary Chapel, you know, who, wow, who knows where we land. But, uh, but the reality is, is that all, all believers are going to uh, uh, be taken at the rapture, all those believers that are living on earth uh, at that time. Now, that said, um, you know, there are believers and then there are uh, uh, make-believers. I believe it was J. Vernon McGee that used to say that, you know, the believers and make-believers. And and, you know, some, some people are, are fooling themselves. They're not fooling God. They might be fooling other people, too. And uh, certainly, if someone is, is, is not a true believer, then, then, then they're not going to be included in the rapture of the church. But, but all true believers uh, would be included in, in the rapture that we were talking about from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and also in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and 2 with the earlier callers. So, Good questions uh, on the end times. Always love uh, end times questions. If you have further questions on that, follow qu- follow up questions on that. Happy to answer those or any subject matter uh, related to the Bible and Christianity. Any prayer requests that you have, three zero three six nine zero 
303-690-3000 is the number to call, 303-690-3000, or 720-336-0897 if you want to text. So if you want to call, jot this down, 303-690-3000, or if you'd like to text, give me a short one-sentence text. Uh, Both texts that came in earlier were great, uh, very concise, and I was able to uh, digest those uh, and uh, and answer them. But uh, 720-336-0897 if you want to text. We've got a little bit left uh, in the program here, probably about 10 minutes or so left in the program. Plenty of time to take a couple of more calls. So pick up the phone now if you want to. You want to join me on the air 303-690-3000. I'm Jason Vanderveer, uh, pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, and uh, you can get more information about our church, Calvary Chapel Parker. CalvaryChapelParker.com. Uh, I mentioned uh, Sunday mornings we're going through the book of Psalms. You can uh, get the uh, watch or uh, listen to the message uh, from last Sunday, Father's Day, a message entitled Kiss the Sun, which actually turned out to be a, a really good Father's Day message uh, where the father says to the son, you are my uh, son today, I have begotten you. And uh, we got into an entire discussion on how is the eternal son from Psalm 2, uh, verse 7, if memory serves me correctly there, how is the eternal son begotten? In what sense is the eternal son uh, begotten? And so it's a fascinating subject if you've ever wondered about that. Of course, John chapter 1, verse 1 and elsewhere uh, reveals that Jesus Christ is eternal. He didn't come into being uh, at his incarnation. So, so how does the Father save the Son? I have begotten you. Well, there's uh, a couple of ways. I'll um, not make you watch the whole message if you're interested in that. But uh, he was begotten in the sense of his incarnation when he took on an additional human nature. The scripture also says in Acts 13, verse 33, that he uh, quotes that verse in, con- in the context of his resurrection. So he was begotten in the sense of his resurrection. But in that passage in, in Psalm 2, he's begotten in the sense of his coronation. In other words, uh, when he is set up to rule and reign on the earth, which is something that we, we talked about uh, early on in this program today, uh, the millennial reign of, of Jesus Christ and his reign on earth. So fascinating. If you want to go there, you can catch, uh, go to CalvaryChapelParker.com. You can, uh, uh, you can go to uh, uh, our website there and check it out, uh, watch that message or listen to it. Uh, but uh, it's... Uh, a uh, great subject, a great subject matter, uh, the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And then last night, of course, uh, I mentioned we're in Second Kings, and uh, we went through chapters 18, 19, and 20 last night, which is the reign of Hezekiah in Second Kings. Fascinating section of scripture, and Hezekiah, uh, a king, a man of amazing faith, imperfect is his faith had momentary uh, lapses, but he always got back on track. And, and, he, and the scripture says that he trusted the Lord like no king before him or no king uh, after him. So uh, if you're interested in, in, in the difference between good and great as a believer, if you're interested in the difference between um, uh, you know, having a marginal faith or, or, or uh, uh just a, a baseline level of faith versus an exceptional level of faith, I encourage you to go and check out that message, Unrivaled Faith, from 2 Kings 18, 
19 and 20 uh, at calvarychapelparker.com. You can just go to the recent messages, which is where you'll find that uh, message, Kiss the Sun from Psalm 2 and, and the Unrivaled Faith message. Just scroll down the page a little bit. You'll find uh, uh, something there that says, uh, a graphic that says recent messages. You can click on that and watch or listen to those. And you can join us for the follow-up to both of those messages, either this Sunday uh, or this coming Wednesday uh, at Calvary Chapel Parker. But how about joining me on the program? 303-690-3000. Or if you want to text, 720-336-0897. Another text here. um, We should have intercessory. This is a text regarding intercessory prayer on behalf of others, as Job did. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, intercessory prayer is, is, is important where at the end of the book of Job, uh, Job is encouraged to pray for his friends. God says, I've accepted Job. And when, uh, he, he then told his friends who gave him bad advice, didn't comfort him and so on and so forth for the first part of the book, uh, to go to Job and to make their sacrifices and that Job would pray for them and accept them. So yeah, intercessory prayer, very important. Every Tuesday night at Calvary Chapel Parker, we gather together at 7 o'clock. You're welcome to join us, and uh, we pray from about 7 to 8, a little bit after. We have worship and prayer, and uh, we just lift up whatever needs. Uh, needs are on on uh, uh, your heart, on other people's hearts. Sometimes we will we'll couple that with fasting and prayer, usually a couple times a year, and we'll have a day of fasting and prayer on Tuesdays. and gather together and, and, and to pray as a church and with other believers. And, and a big part of that is intercessory prayer, play, praying for people to come to Christ, praying for family members and friends uh, for healing and thanking and praising the Lord for all he's done. So, um, yeah, our, uh, as believers, uh, a part of our uh, prayer life is is intercessory prayer. 303-690-3000, another text question here. Could dinosaurs... Uh, and uh, other prehistoric creatures have lived before the flood of uh, Noah's Ark alongside man. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, if if you look at some of the fossils of uh, dinosaur footprints, they've even found uh, human footprints inside of uh, the the dinosaur footprints. So um, you know, so before that footprint was set in stone, so to speak, a human being also uh, walked inside of it. So absolutely, in fact, uh, I would suggest that that they did uh, live at the same time. And the explanation for for the, the dinosaurs is, uh, is uh, uh, before the flood uh, and and when there's this uh, what we believe was a, a protective, canopy of of water around the earth and we see that there were very large well conditions were very different on the earth from pole to pole the earth hadn't shifted on its axis uh, yet the continents hadn't been broken up Uh, there were extremely large plants and ferns that have been found at the ice caps and so plant life and animal life was very large not affected by the uh, the same type of radiation or 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 the breakdown of the gene pool over time and so human lifespans were much longer and absolutely uh, we believe that uh, that human beings uh, and dinosaurs were uh, living together on the earth at that time. 
Uh, we have uh, someone who called in, another person who called in here from New Jersey. We have just a few minutes left, so I want to get to this, uh, who called in from New Jersey with lung cancer. They, they didn't want to be on the air, but uh, they wanted to be anonymous, but they wanted prayer. And so I want to absolutely make sure that uh, we take some time now for this caller to pray as well. Uh, so, Father, we, we do just want to lift up this caller to you, and uh, we do... Uh, we, we pray that they're, they're uh, being comforted even at this moment. If they're in pain, Lord, that you would just touch them and uh, ease their pain. Uh, but, Lord, most importantly, that you'd comfort their heart and encourage them, that you would be there with them, alongside of them, that you would surround them uh, with other believers to encourage them and family and friends to uh, just be a source of strength and joy. And, Lord, we do pray, if it's your will, we pray for healing. We pray for these lungs to to be completely rid of, of this disease and to be healed and restored. If there are any masses or tumors or anything like that, Lord, that you would uh, uh, shrink these and, and that they would disappear uh, altogether. We pray that this disease would not spread anywhere else uh, uh, in the body, Lord. And, and uh, we pray that, that if... Uh, they're struggling in any way with their treatments, with with chemotherapy or with radiation or 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 uh, whatever the treatment uh, may be. Lord, that you would help their body to be strengthened to to be able to tolerate this treatment or for the best treatment to to be identified and to be utilized. And 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 we just pray for their healing, if that's what you desire, that that there would be healing. And uh, but Lord, most importantly, we pray uh, for this person just for their heart as they go through this, that you would strengthen them, that you would be with them, uh, that the joy of the Lord would be their strength. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, appreciate, i uh, got a short time left now. Appreciate the calls, the texts, the, uh, the questions, the prayer requests, and everything here on Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer uh, with you. It's been, uh, been a pleasure, been a privilege. Again, I want to invite you, if you're going to be in the Parker, Colorado area, to join us uh, this Sunday, 9 or 1045, as we continue in Psalm 3. And uh, I just pray that God would richly bless and keep uh, all of you listening across the country. Uh, may he be with you and uh, may he continue to use you mightily for his glory. God bless you guys. and Have a great evening. Take care. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.